let your ma leave everything to you. Miss Felicia, stand up for yourself. Miss Phoebe, remember you're a young lady now. Mr. George, don't you cheek your father. And above all, Mrs. Lily, don't let them get away with it. By them, she meant old Dibble, Percy Dibble, and that Harriet, Agnes's own thorn in the flesh, as well as Mrs. Lily's family. Or did Mrs. Lily let them get away with it? Agnes reconsidered this as she hopped on one foot, struggling with a recalcitrant black stocking. Now she came to think of it, no one did get away with much in the rectory. For all, Mrs. L never seemed to get involved in quarrels, either in her family or in the servants' hall, and what a silly name that was for the converted apple storeroom allotted to them at the back of the house, comfy though it was. Everything usually turned out the way Mrs. Lily wanted. Luck, Agnes supposed, vaguely. The rectory was large, even with seven family, plus six live-in staff, if you could call poor Fred Dibble staff. They rattled around like old peas in a pod. Somehow, however, the only time it seemed large was when the girls and Master George went to Dover once a year to visit the Reverend's mother, the Countess of Buckford. Then she missed the laughs, the cries of horror or disgust, the constant noise. To Agnes, the only child of elderly parents, coming to the rectory, even though that had meant only half a mile walk down Silly Lane from the cottage she'd lived in with her parents, was like being thrust into a pen at market, deafened by moos and bars. She wasn't sure she liked it at first, but once she got used to it, it made her feel safe. And that made her think of Jamie again, his warm arms round her and the way it made her feel. Agnes Pellbeam, you should be ashamed of yourself, she informed her reflection in the oval mirror before slipping her blue print gown over her head, automatically tugging at those dratted garment shields. No afternoon black for her today, she rejoiced. She'd be wearing her Sunday best, her new pink linen costume with a wrap-over skirt, not to mention underneath. Daringly, she was going to wear the nain-suit camisole and knickers she'd bought in weeks in Tunbridge Wells. Her mother would be shocked. If she had her way, her daughter would be in cotton bloomers and neck-to-knee whalebone for the rest of her life. But times were changing, because of Jamie Thorne. She'd never let him see how she felt about him, of course. That wouldn't be proper, any more than she'd let the family see how much being at the rectory meant to her. It was better that way. She remembered hearing years ago, The Royal Sussex is going away, leaving the girls in the family way. What did it mean? she asked her mother, only to receive the sharp reply, It means keeping yourself to yourself, gal. So she had. Talking of families, she remembered she'd promised to clean Miss Caroline's blue felt hat, the one messed by the jackdaw last week. Miss Caroline had joked that the feather must have annoyed the bird on behalf of his fellows and made her smile. Strictly speaking, it was Harriet's job as housemaid, but Agnes was known to have a way with stains. Anyway, it was always a pleasure to do something for Miss Caroline. Secretly, she was her favourite. Perhaps it was because of her brown curls and her quick, light way of moving, so different to Agnes's own dull, straight lumps of hair and deliberate steps. She twisted the offending locks up into the usual bun, 
glad she'd given them a rosemary rinse when she washed them. Jamie seemed to like her hair, she couldn't think why. She'd do that old hat straight away to be ready for church. For her, Miss Caroline was the centre of the rectory whirlpool, and if a mix of lime and pearl ash could help her, then Agnes was only too willing to dab it on. Caroline! The door of her room crashed open, and defensively Caroline burrowed down under the bedclothes. Pointless, of course, since if Isabel had a crisis, she would rampage through the household until it was solved. Why pick on her first, though, on Easter Day of all times? She peered out cautiously to see Isabel posed behind her bedroom door, a second Mrs. Tanqueray, tragedy writ large on her face. Unfortunately, her fair curls and English rose complexion, plus her carelessly tied dressing gown, revealing...